What's up? This is ROH World Heavyweight Champion Cody Rhodes, and you're watching Ringmasters. What's up, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of Ringmasters. My name is Austin, and joined with me today is my lovely partner, Chad. Yes, yes. Uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, uh, great job uh, on the podcast. You know, I was... Uh, I got my shift covered so I could make sure I was available today. Uh, yes. So I had to work during Ringmasters, but you and Josh did a great job filling in. Yes, thanks again to Josh for filling in last Wednesday for that podcast. And this is a very special edition, and I cannot thank him enough for joining us today. We have the lovely, lovely, lovely Adam Pacitti <laughs> from Cultaholic. The very joining lovely us. Pacitti. Oh, incredibly lovely Adam yes. Pacitti joining yes. us. Oh, yes. With this nice, beautiful, lovely, bald lovely, head. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> yes, you're. Yes, yes. You ha- hasn't updated his Skype picture. I'm not seeing the baldness. No, that Skype picture is about six or seven years old. Is it the, the me grinning like? Yes, yeah, it's you. It's you grinning at the uh, Eric Bischoff show. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh no, no, no. It's not the one I thought. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but How's yeah. It going, so guys? yeah, it's going great. Yeah, it's great to have you. I mean, like I can tell right now, it's, Chad's um, Chad dude, is Chad is marking I'm, out. I'm like, marking crazy. out hardcore, like for real. Like I thought, me, like you know. Chad. Like we got, we, we got oh, Cody. I'm I, I'm very excitable. Uh, we got we got Cody Rhodes to do a soundbite on the podcast, and I treated it as like the biggest deal in like the entire world. So this is this oh, is this is Cody Rhodes. Awesome. What's he ever done? <laughs> but yeah, uh, wasn't he, wasn't, it wasn't he Stardust at one point. Like yeah. uh, that kid was going somewhere. <laughs> Didn't he wear a stupid face mask? I don't remember that at all. But yeah, so. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. I mean, Cultaholic has been absolutely incredible. You guys launching. I think I checked last. You guys are at 188,000 subscribers, only being up right. for about a month or two, which that's incredible. Yeah, no, that is absolutely incredible. We're, we're really, really happy. And, uh, you know, we, we thought when we launched, maybe things would slow down a bit. Like we had all this interest and there was lots of hype around it at the beginning. We thought, oh, yeah, hey, maybe that's that for sure. Sort of peter off a little bit. But no, the subscriptions are still growing really quickly. People are still... Um, Pledging on Patreon uh, and liking the Facebook, all, all of that stuff. Uh, most important, people are watching the videos, which is nice. Oh yeah, very nice. I mean, I'm I'm one of those Patreon support subscribers because you guys Thank freaking you. deserve it, in my opinion. You guys are incredibly talented, every single one of you. Um, I want to real and quick, Jack. yeah. Oh, and Jack. No, Jack. Jack. I like shout out to Jack. Seriously, that guy has been killing it on the website because I'm I'm I've read all of his lists and in news stuff that he's put out that guy kills it like every single day yeah he is of articles on the website there's a, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that people don't see people just think it's a youtube channel uh but no no jack's doing a tremendous amount of work there mm-hmm. as well as, as we all are oh yeah you guys are all doing great like when the when the website launch first launched and i saw how much content you had already created um when it launched i was like these guys are not messing around they are making sure that they make a huge statement and it's almost like, you know, you guys, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because, I mean, you guys are very recognizable and, like, people know you. But, like, I remember I remember when you, like, launched your guys' like, hype video of all of you guys, like, you know, putting on the Cultaholic shirts. I, like, I got me super excited. And, like, for, for the time, for you guys' time away, it, it did nothing more but, like, just build up the anticipation like god i i want them back and now that you guys are back i know i'm i'm not at patreon level because i'm broke but <laughs> i definitely i definitely have watched all the videos and you know it's if 
if, if if the day comes where I do get a nice payday, uh, my your my Patreon is definitely coming for you guys. So. Well, I appreciate that a lot. You know, it was it was hard. We we launched we, that video went live, and everything happened a lot sooner than we uh, anticipated. You know, like we I think the we were planning on leaving What Culture a lot later. That had to be sped up for various reasons. Uh, and so yeah, we really it was a mad scramble to get everything sorted. And like it wasn't our plan to launch without an office and a studio. We've had to really work hard and. Fortunately, the Patreon guys have helped out so much in making that happen, and we're finally we're in there as of. Uh, I mean, we've got access to it now, but there's no internet. So I think the internet should be in as of tomorrow. So we're going to be working full time back in there. In fact, not tomorrow because we're going for Christmas drinks with our Patreon users tomorrow. Oh yeah, I forgot you guys Even talked about that. In the, you guys talked about that in the Discord. That's awesome. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. A lot of people are up in Newcastle for the uh, WCPW, not WCPW, the Defiant Wrestling. <laughs> show uh, at the O2 Academy. I think it's still available. Uh, and uh, so we, we thought we would, we would capitalize on that and just go for drinks with people. Now, yeah. now, what's your favorite Christmas drink? That Your drink of preference? Mulled wine. Goodness me. Like, there's only one Christmas drink as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I don't actually know. We don't have eggnog over here. I know that's oh. a Christmas drink. I've seen it on The Simpsons. Um, but <laughs> well, it's, don't, it's don't let The Simpsons fool you. It's not, it's not as popular as they depict it to be. Is it not? I mean, it's it alcoholic, is, but right? I feel like I feel like as I feel like as it's more of a uh, it's dying as the millennials age. I feel like I know I know none of my <laughs> friends drink eggnog. The only time I'll get eggnog is if it's at a McDonald's and like the eggnog shakes. I'll I'll get one God, then. Do you, do you have mulled wine? Um, I don't know. I mean, we yes and no. Um, we do. Um, because I know when my last when me and all my friends hung out this last weekend, they had um she had like a special like mulled Halloween uh. Wine that we broke into. Ah, all right. It's the so. best. You know, I made uh, I made three bottles of mulled wine yesterday, um, and I left it in. I, I slow cooked it, and I left it in my slow cooker overnight, without the lid on, not thinking, and the whole pissing lot evaporated by the morning. <laughs> oh, I don't have no. any mulled wine anymore. And oh, I was shit. so excited. I had one glass yesterday. I'm livid. <laughs> but that one glass was extra oh, yeah. good. It was worth it. it was he worth made he made time. every drop count. He made every drop yeah. count. <laughs> talking about talking about wine preferences with Listen, Adam Pacini yeah, on a podcast. Exactly. Like, like you didn't think this was gonna no, happen. Like I'm, I can die a happy no, man like, now. No. Forget wrestling. I don't want to talk about exactly or a rumble coming out. Women's Royal Rumble. <laughs> with no or any value. anything. Yeah. About wine. Yeah. But real quickly, because I know I know there's gonna be an audience that wants to hear about this, but we're gonna just real quickly get this out of the way. Um the whole situation that fell out with Adam Blampier, um, I don't want to. I don't want to cover it too much because I feel like he covered enough in his own video that he released earlier in the week. Um, I mean, do you have anything really that you want to add to the situation? Like, because I don't know exactly what more there is to add. Just because I feel like he made his statement and will. Yeah, I, I think that's it. You know, like, I, I would say that anyone that hasn't seen his video that he put out this week should go and do so. Uh, the guy is is very sincere in his actions. I believe uh, he he is getting help now. Uh, That's good. That make him a better person. What he did was, of course, uh, disappointing um, and and wrong and not to ever be condoned. But I do think he's trying to to become uh, a better person. Um, and yeah, I I, I, just, I I I hope he's okay. You know, I, I spoke to him last week uh, and he seems to be doing all right. But obviously, it must be. Yeah, it must be difficult for for him. Um, uh, but essentially, I, it, it's just this this awful situation um, in which people who don't deserve to have been hurt have been hurt, 
and you know they're the, they're the priority i really hope they're okay but it's very difficult to see uh adam in in a state that he's in also just as somebody that i consider a friend and have known for so long and i've worked so closely with so yeah i, I think he he explains everything um as much as he can uh and yeah just i hope uh, i hope everyone involved is, is doing okay i absolutely agree yeah, with same. you absolutely because yeah i mean i I consider all of you guys really good friends of me. I mean, you offered me the moderator position for your Discord, which I cannot thank you guys enough for. Um, oh, thank you for doing it. Yeah, oh, absolutely, dude. Like, seriously. But, and I've been, I was subscribed to Extra for, like, since day one, and those those live streams that you guys did for Raw and SmackDown were some of the highlights of my year. I mean, you guys were so entertaining and so fun. Were they? Oh, I have, dude, I'm, dude, I'm, not, a, even, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you, dude, they were freaking hysterical. It was a very no, mild year. No matter, no matter, <laughs> no matter what you guys were doing, even if you were freaking passed out asleep, it was hysterical. Yeah, we, I mean, it, the, the problem is, like, we were told, hey, we want to do these weekly Raw and SmackDown streams. Okay, that, that's cool. But you do realize that generally in a two-hour episode of SmackDown or a three-hour, ten-minute episode of Raw, there's probably about 30 minutes of entertaining content. It's really, really difficult to be entertaining when the thing that you're reacting to is in no way entertaining. Yeah, like, right. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you watch a, a Darren Young versus Titus O'Neil match for the 50th time. Oh, that's high-caliber action. It's not easy. It's not easy to be fun with that. So Ross and I certainly took the fifth. And I remember... Um, being called into the the meeting room by my bosses and they were like oh, okay so we're thinking of revamping extra again this is after we ross and i were doing the nitro ones and they were like so what do you think of the uh, the nitro streams at the moment and i went oh, they're dreadful Peter. And they're really bad and he went good so do we <laughs> i'm glad i'm doing my job effectively <laughs> yeah. uh, but no they were fun like, i really enjoy um the, the call-ins and stuff, and I enjoy messing around with Ross. I think that's what people want to see. Like, in the reactions, we, we do the reactions every every month, obviously, or sometimes more than once a month. But um, it was... It, it, I, I think what people really enjoy seeing is just two friends dicking around. Can I say dicking on the podcast? Dude, I mean, go what? ahead. Dude, go ahead. This At this point, it's your show right now. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, uh, I mean, we've said worse, so... We, we always we always talk and we always do like it, we do analysis and stuff during the thing and then I get to edit the things and it's like oh well, you know it's just not it's, it's more fun seeing two mates we want people when when they're watching that stuff we want them to feel like they're in the room with us uh, watching wrestling with their friends because I think that's what you know it, unfortunately a lot of people miss out on as wrestling fans is that not everyone has people to enjoy pay-per-views with and live shows with so that's what we we try to provide dude i couldn't agree with you yeah. anymore with that i mean like uh those call-ins especially were just so much fun like like the they ranged from such incredible things like i remember i got my guitar out and played a few times for that like it was crazy and then there was the one where kenny got you and got you and ross married i forgot about that one <laughs> yeah, that, i enjoyed that there was that was that the I think we got, that was the one that we got the most drunk ever. That's when we, we realized that we had to tone it down. So I made a, a hole in the wall. I was pissing around with our um, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. trolley, and I backed it into the wall and made a big part. So I, I stayed in the office till about 6 in the morning, patching up that wall. <laughs> and then I, I got a message the next day. It's like, what happened to the wall? I, I was drunk enough to think I'd done a great job, and nobody would ever know. <laughs> um, but, but, like, even as somebody who, like, you know, for me, it's you know, I'm I'm just 
I look at, at as that as like just in the audience perspective. And I think there's so many wrestling channels and like wrestling podcasts and stuff that cover the Raws and SmackDowns and pay-per-views. And it is nice to see. And I think that's why, uh, you know, Steven Larson, when they do their pay-per-view streams, why it's so entertaining to just watch your friends watch wrestling. Because, you know, anybody could talk about, you know, what's happening on in a wrestling show. But the fact that you see people who genuinely like each other that you can relate to and be like, this is just like watching one of my friends. That's why I think stuff like that does really well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, Stephen Larson, I love those guys. Uh, we're, uh, they're one of the people, uh, one of the teams that I contacted. We're doing this big collaborative project and working on it. And oh, I think yeah. we've got pretty much almost everyone in the world of YouTube wrestling um, that, that people ask for, certainly. Uh, and they, they agreed to do it, which is great. I, I love them. We met them at the um, WCPW show in Orlando. Just really lovely guys. Well, listen, I don't know if you uh, if you heard, but there's a ring, there's a wrestling uh, YouTube channel that just uh, launched today. <laughs> you motherfucker. Uh, known as the Ringmasters Podcast YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> if you ever need if you ever need some I, good I up and coming wrestling content with some collaborations, you know, I, I heard I, they'd be open. I'm sure we could figure something out. <laughs> You, 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 Not even you put with, me on the spot or anything here. <laughs> even with Adam freaking Pacini, you still find time to shill, you piece Listen, of shit. Listen, it's all about getting over, all right? No one accuses me of being Finn Balor. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, the website is incredible. You guys put out incredible content. Ross, still killing it with the WTF moments. I mean. Really happy. Yeah. I'm real like, even, even with all the stuff with the issues of the trademarks and stuff like that, he is still, like, just churning out that content, churning out those videos with all the entertainment and all the charisma that he has, because he's just... Totally. I, I think it's actually done him a favor, you know? Um, the, the, the King Ross stuff, the, there's only so long that could have gone on. I'm not sure if it was really benefiting him that much anymore. Um, and so the just being Ross from... Like, I just don't think it's a bad thing. And certainly, like, now, behind the scenes, he's taking sort of a, a more formal role uh, in that he's, he's head of editorial. And so as we look to hire new writers, he'll be the go-to contact. So it's actually probably a good thing if all of our writers aren't talking to this bloke that they crown sitting behind <laughs> a desk because it's not really him. Yeah. I think I think it benefits all of you guys, you know, like it gives you all the opportunity to kind of branch out and not be, you know, not be working for somebody else. You know, you're your own boss. Yeah, totally. so. It's just, you know, with, uh, there are four of us, it's finding the time. I think one thing that we, we all agree on, and I think a lot of the fans are saying at the moment, is that uh, we're just sort of doing what what culture is. And that was never our plan, but it, we, we're putting stuff out that we know will be popular currently, but we are looking to branch out into new series that's absolutely our priority for the new year is releasing new stuff uh, and we've got a, a few series in production now and there'll be new weekly shows and they're basically things that we, we haven't done before because right now yeah we just do it we do lists we do news we do wtf moments it's just all the stuff we did on what culture we want to do new stuff we want to make stuff that we're really proud of and i think that was the big thing too i mean from from my perspective i feel like you guys coming back and doing the stuff that everyone was comfortable with. I mean, I can tell you right now when I first watched that reactions video for Survivor Series after all those year, uh, after all those months of uh, not seeing those videos. I mean, it was just like I just felt it was it was just such a happy feeling again because I was just like, yes, I I miss this so much. And I think that was the we big really thing. Yeah, I think that was the big <laughs> thing was just making sure that everyone felt like comfortable. Like, okay, we're back, we're good to go. And then that's when 
new stuff starts adding yeah. and everyone's a lot more comfortable with newer content. So, you know, that, the, the reactions and predictions stuff was a real worry because I've uh, obviously I've worked with Ross in the past, but I've never really done that sort of thing. And it's always really difficult if you're uh, you're doing something that Adam did. Like we would never think to do booking videos again uh, with Adam not not being with us anymore. And it sort of felt like that. Like were we going to get a lot of flack? But fortunately, I think like Ross and I work just as well together as Adam and I worked and we saw a really positive reaction to that so that's good. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, one of the best one of the best moments of the live stream of the live reactions when you guys were in what culture was when you spilled beer on yourself with Ross and Jack. I mean, Blompier oh, was, was, wasn't even in that video and that's by far one of my favorite moments from the live streams. Yeah, it happened really early on. We, we got quite lucky with that. It was a, a big bottle of Carver or Buck's Fizz or something, and I was celebrating, and it co absolutely coated me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just that was just hysterical. And I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I mean, you guys are amazing, and I'm, I'm waiting for Jack to show up because when Jack shows up in those, yeah, like that's just going to be a fun moment. The plan is, like, we want to keep it two people all the time because the, the format just lends itself to two people. Like, it, it's really difficult to, to edit when because everybody's talking over each other. And as far as the punishment goes, uh, the punishments go, that it's it's difficult because you're more likely to tie and then you've got multiple people having to do punishments. I, I always think it's just worked better as two people. So whether it's Ross or Jack or me and Jack or me or Ross or Sam and Ross, you know, whatever. Uh, I think it's going to continue being two people with the exception of maybe Rumble will get a, a few more people in. Now, can can people expect to see yet another piece of shit cardboard belt that you'll be <laughs> fighting over? You know what? I think they can expect to see something a little bit better. Oh, oh man. right. Oh, man. All right. Uh, the Patreon we'll, money we'll, going we'll to good it, use. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> whoa, 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 no. It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll just leave it at that because, I mean, that's that's perfect. The old ECW championship belt <laughs> is now property of Cultaholic. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, now, now that we've covered the uh, the website and the YouTube channel, which is doing amazing, um, I mean, like now is a perfect time to talk about wrestling because I wanted to get your I wanted to get your opinion on exactly the situation with Finn Balor because that thing, I feel like has just been my biggest gripe specifically with Raw just because of how just abysmal they've been treating this guy and especially in in kayfabe reason how it doesn't make sense that this guy coming back from injury has not tried to get the title that he didn't lose because Seth Rollins did the exact same thing against Roman Reigns. So the fact that this hasn't happened with Finn just does not make any sense to me. It doesn't. But at the same time, there are people on the roster who I'm more entertained by. Like I, It does make sense for Finn to come back and be in the title picture immediately. But I'm actually not sure his character is entirely working. Um, I, I'm not saying he's not over, because he is over. People really like him. But there are people who I would prefer to see in that title picture right like Jason now. Jordan uh, or Mojo Raleigh. Not, not, not necessarily. <laughs> no, like, um, I would, I, I'm not sure how, how much it would benefit Finn to come back from a long time away and get beaten up by Brock Lesnar. Doesn't that do him just as much damage, if not more, than a slow burn to somebody that he can actually beat? Because they're not going to let Finn beat Brock. Which I didn't. I thought that they. I thought that that was the reason the demon character existed, just so that way they could hand a loss to Brock, 
because then it's like, oh, like he, Finn Balor didn't beat Brock Lesnar, the Demon beat Brock Lesnar, and then that could go to Brock getting his see, win back. That's how I, that's how I saw them booking it in their heads. See, so. I feel like Brock. Uh, I feel like Brock losing to Demon Finn would maybe not ruin Brock, but I think Brock would take a pretty large hit from being beaten. He lost to a sixty-year-old man in about a minute and a half. Right, but the Goldberg, <laughs> like that's still like you know, there's still that big that the mystique of Goldberg and and. I don't know that 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 feud was booked so well that like and that lasted a good four months. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I feel like Demon Finn shows up and beats Brock. I don't know. I think it's, it's too close to Mania. You know, their plan is still very much to have Roman beat Brock, and that's it. Like it's just not going to happen before that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that that just kind of takes the winds out of my out of my sails because I'm just like, we're doing this again. I mean, can we not try something different? I mean, it's just like. I understand that I understand that he's going to be Roman's going to be the top guy no matter what but I'm just like can we try with some something else because I feel like I mean I understand that right now the only way to make Brock uh, Roman seem like the top guy is by beating Brock Lesnar but I'm like he beat the Undertaker last year and now we're just going to have him beat Brock like it's just like well I look yeah, at it as like like we can't have Brock taking losses but also in theory you know you don't want Roman to lose but you just put the Intercontinental Championship on Roman. So are you going to have Roman lose the IC belt, or are you going to have both belts on the line at Mania? Which is something I really hope doesn't happen, but also, like, how else are you going to book this? You know, Roman can't lose to some random person on the Raw roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you could make it, like, a kind of, like, a cheap win, but, like, that still doesn't look, make Roman look good. And at the same time, like, wh- like you're going to make Brock Lesnar, see- like, try to make Brock Lesnar care about the Intercontinental Championship, which, let's be honest, he won't. He won't care. Even, no matter how much Paul puts it over, he won't care. Yeah, I get No, I, th- I think that's the key to it, though, is having Paul put him over. I, I wouldn't be anti seeing a title versus title um, Hogan Warrior sort of thing happen. I think that makes the, the IC belt feel huge, and when Roman wins both, I think it elevates both titles. I'm not sure it's a bad thing to happen, but I think he'll probably drop it before then anyway. I think so, but I just feel like it's going to be really like sloppily and quickly handled. But I'm I'm willing to see them prove me wrong though. Um, yeah. But I wanted, but also like the big thing I wanted to talk to you too about was um, Mojo Rawley, your boy turning heel. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's fantastic. You know what? Like, obviously, my love of Mojo Rawley is somewhat tongue in cheek. There's there's no <laughs> there's a there's no secret there. But I think the 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 heel Mojo Rawley thing could work because it uh, to me like mojo rawley is dreadfully annoying. <laughs> he is he is that drunk guy at a party that you do not want to be in the same room as um so it, it doesn't lend itself to that character doesn't lend itself to being a good guy he's, he's annoying as hell real pain uh so making him heal and doing that sort of he thinks that everybody likes him and everybody's having a great time and everybody's getting hyped when they're not i think that works <laughs> For me, I think he's going to really nail it. Right? I if agree. Yeah, I agree. I think he could do a good job. I, I just found it kind of odd the way that it happened because all the signs were pushing towards Zack Ryder turning heel, and then they kind of yeah. disappeared off of TV for about two or three weeks, and then they show up to do a random match on SmackDown, and then all of a sudden Mojo's the one that pulls the trigger. I think it works. I think it works way better though, because like Zack Ryder, you know, he's still to this day, even though he's been 
so booked so poorly and like they have been tried to like really kill Zack Ryder's popularity. He is still pretty we're very much over and I still think, you know, he could play that babyface role way more convincingly than Mojo Rawley. Oh, I, I, yeah. Who's going to who's going to not well, root for Zack Ryder? I agree. That's why I was like kind of a little bit iffy about the idea of Zack Ryder turning heel. So the fact that I do think Mojo turning heel was the better option. I just thought it was kind of weird how it happened because it was kind of sprung in like, oh, by the way, this storyline's still happening. Even it was, though I it do was think weird. They... Was, you know, they had done stuff uh, on WWE.com and their YouTube channel, but it's not the same as being on TV. So it did feel once again rushed and a bit disjointed, which was a shame. Um, I just hope they, they stick with it. Yeah, I mean that was a, that was the same thing they did with uh, Baron Corbin versus The Miz at Survivor Series. Like they kept it all on Twitter, and only just when the pay per view showed up did they show the Twitter videos. Because before then, they didn't even show the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. It was, you know, it's it's a pretty difficult thing to promote that match anyway because it was heel versus heel anyway. I know you could argue that the Miz isn't you know a proper heel now because he's getting cheered so much, but he is. They want to present him as a heel, so it was a weird one anyway. I mean, he, I, uh, he is, yeah, he is one of the best heels on the roster, and I mean, like when you think about it, like yeah, they threw, they threw in the line about Miz being upset that um, uh, Baron Corbin made fun of his pregnant wife, but in in yeah. reality, the only reason they were fighting was because of brand supremacy, which was the flavor of the month, and it was just yeah. like, well, I mean, it was the only, it was the only uh, time of the year where Raw and SmackDown go head to head in live competition. I'm gonna staple your head to the wall right now. <laughs> But yeah, I just like, I don't know. I, I feel like Miz is just the best heel on the roster, and no one can touch him. So the fact I the Baron Corbin, yeah, 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 the, the Baron Corbin, so long, you know. He's um, he, I look back his uh, his WWE Championship reign the other day, and I was like, you know what, this is way better than I remember it because he was actually thoroughly dislikable, and now everyone realizes just how good he is. Yeah, it's See, difficult I, to hate him now. Yeah. I was one of the few people that like I've I've liked Miz like since, since his chick magnet days, you know, I'm significantly less than I like him now. But like I I've been a fan of him since then, and I've always seen him as like God, this guy is such a douchebag. And his yeah. WWE cha- like title reign, I really liked. Um, I you know again, I'm one of the only people that liked Michael Cole being his heel kind of lackey. Um, that was about yeah. the only oh, thing of Michael Cole I did enjoy at that point. But I really think that you know if they ever let him have a a, cha- a world title run again, I think I think it could be I think it could be at at worst just as good. Um, but I think there's I think it'd have a really good story with Miz as a, the Universal ch- Champion. I agree. I agree. I'd like to say it again. Yeah, I'm. And um, one other thing I wanted to mention too, because me being the Sami Zayn mark that I am, I wanted to talk to you about. Sammy and Kevin versus Shane McMahon being literally the only thing on SmackDown besides besides the tag division and the women's division, which do keep themselves going for as much as they can. Um, but I just the it's weird to me because the authority stuff that's happening on SmackDown pisses me off more than the authority stuff that's happening on Raw, just because that SmackDown originally established themselves as the as the show where we're the land of opportunity, we're going to focus on the superstars and the wrestlers, and then it just turns into the Shane McMahon show. I mean, like, that's what Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn says every single week. So I'm just like, you're only... And then Shane McMahon's only response to that is that, oh, Sami Zayn looks like a paper boy. His hat's stupid. He dances stupid. And it just, like, drives me sense, drives me crazy the fact that the babyfaces do not know what to do against Sami and Kevin because they are so talented. 
I agree. Uh, how far has SmackDown fallen in this past year? Like everybody at the beginning of the year, uh, all over SmackDown, it was ten times better than Raw. It was uh, it was all about wrestling and storylines and everything felt carefully constructed and well put together. And uh, and now, yeah, it's, it's getting to this, and it's not uh, as enjoyable at all anymore. Um, no, I totally agree. It's really frustrating. I think Shane is being tremendously overexposed, which isn't to say I don't like Shane, but I just don't. I don't want to think of him as a wrestler. I don't know why he's in all these matches. <laughs> I don't <laughs> actually know. Actually, getting proper offense. Exactly, Thanks. being being the sole survivor of uh, SmackDown Live before Triple H was the one that had to put him down. Chasing chasing two men off because he's got a steel chair and he's Shane McMahon. Exactly. <laughs> I, it's it's cra- it's crazy the amount of time and I know I know it's and I know it's ridiculous but I'm personally I personally say the reason that SmackDown has fallen so far is because their WWE champion for about six or seven months was Jinder Mahal and I mean like no it, credit it to the guy that no yeah he got better but it was too little too late in my opinion and they pulled the trigger on him way too fast if they would have given him. A few more months of buildup, I feel like it could have worked better than it did. Not necessarily good, but better. But I just did not. I saw that as the one of the killing blows as to why SmackDown's fallen so far. Yeah, unfortunately, his character devolved into a generic foreign heel, and it could have been more complex and more interesting than that, but it wasn't. Uh, and it's a shame. I think it's done him a lot of damage. And it's unfortunate because I think both in the ring and on the mic, he's improved tremendously. And he puts the effort in, and I, I just think that's in uh, pretty dumb for now. I just want to see us get the the gender versus Rob Gronkowski uh, <laughs> match to finally come to blows. I think you want you want to get him over as a foreign heel, have him beat a patriot, like <laughs> yeah. dude, you've got it all figured out. Yeah, and then we and then Swerve Gronkowski wins. Yeah, well, I mean, like both both shows have devolved into the same like tired storylines that we've seen before because you've got the foreigner heel on SmackDown and then you have the two giants trying to beat each, like slowly push against each other in Big Show and Braun Strowman. Granted, I love Braun Strowman, but like uh, Kane and Kane's just, I, and I love Kane too, but like, it's just like everyone focused on the Kane being put through the, put through the ring, but everything that led up to that was slow and boring and it just looked just abysmal. See, I'm like, see, I look at it as like, I don't have a problem with Kane on my TV. I think Kane, you know, Kane's a legend. You know, Kane is a nice, reliable worker. Like, they know they can put Kane in a match, and he's not gonna injure somebody. He's not gonna fuck up. Like he, Kane is Kane's dependable. And you know, and if, if you do beat Kane, like that's a, like you beat Kane. You know, a guy who for years decimated people. Mm-hmm. And like when he went over on Finn Balor, like at that time. Maybe not so much now, but at that time, you know, I was like, you know, I think Finn Balor could take the loss. You know, I think Kane, Kane is, it's not like he lost to James Ellsworth. You know, Kane is still that guy. So, like, I see a Braun Strowman versus Kane feud, and, you know, I think, oh, man, we, this could go somewhere. And then they do that. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, I, I do agree that this storyline can go somewhere, but the fact that so, guys like Finn Balor are being hurt in the process, I feel like, isn't what we need. Because mm-hmm. you can have that storyline without hurting one of your up-and-coming talent and who you tout is the first universal champion but never gets his rematch. So I don't, I just don't understand maybe, why that's the reason. Maybe the problem is why Finn Balor isn't over is because they're touting him. Uh, no one has tout. You know, they should tweet that he's the first universal champion. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about tout. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Exactly. See, that's why he's not over. Like, who who has tout? Oh, my God, <laughs> dude. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> 
Oh Jesus! But yeah, I mean, I think I think that covers it. We I I like the fact that we can have Adam Adam Pachidi on. We can talk about all the website stuff, and then we can just talk pro wrestling because like. That's what we do. That's what he does for a living, and that's what we love to do every single week. I mean, I was enjoying our wine conversation. <laughs> I mean, we can always continue that. Uh, Adam, I have a question. You know, kind of branching out uh, out of WWE a bit because you know I'm a huge fan of like the Indies and New Japan and um, all those shows like that. I wanted to get your thoughts on um, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. So so unexpected, a huge get from New Japan. Um, I I think Jericho's to put more effort into this match than anything he's done in the past I agree. five to ten years. I, I honestly I can't wait, and it's just going to put it's going to put so many eyes on a promotion uh, that otherwise a certain type of audience wouldn't be watching. Um, it's there's a lot of new eyes on that product um, come January. It's it, it's really exciting, really yeah. exciting. Yeah, and as a and as a longtime fan of New Japan, it makes me really happy that you know. This is putting them on that next level, you know, and I, you know, I like WWE needs some competition, and right. they're certainly the guys that are going to do it. Yeah, and I, I hope that this will definitely kind of open up Vince McMahon's eyes and be like, oh man, like we 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 can't have Titus O'Neil versus uh, Samoa Joe on my TV. Like that's the fans don't care about that. We need to see. We need to see. We need to see the top talent. <laughs> We need to bring back Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> Jesus. No. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, f- I feel like, yeah, Adam's got a lot of insight in terms of the indies because, I mean, you doing all the stuff that you did for WCPW, now Defiant. I mean, and your, your, your heel run for that as the general manager and for that when I, was wa- when I watched WCPW, like, you did an incredible job for someone – who hadn't been in a wrestling promotion before? Because like you guys did an incredible job, um, like putting pushing storylines and helping uh, introduce people to new talent. Because like me personally, I had never paid attention too much to the British wrestling scene, but when I did, yeah. and I saw guys like Martin Kirby, I saw guys like Will Ospreay and Zack Saber Jr. and all these talented guys, I was like, man, I've been missing out for a long ass time, and I got to thank you guys for getting me into that because when you guys launched your promotion there was a lot of there was a lot of skepticism because everyone was like who, who are these list makers thinking that they yeah. can run a wrestling promotion i'm not gonna lie to you i tuned in I totally wrong, expecting yeah. it i i tuned in totally expecting like i was so skeptical i was like oh man this i, I tuned in specifically to watch it like fail and i was very impressed with you guys the show. yeah you guys even did an the incredible first episode, job. i mean the, the first the first three months awful. <laughs> <laughs> i will say i will say it was uh, so, like my, <laughs> You know, speaking personally, my my face DM stuff was really really bad. Um, the some of the matches that were booked in the run up to built to, built to destroy the first big show um, were baffling at best. Um, you have Martin Kirby losing to in a thing where he had to wear a dress, and the, 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 you know, don't get me wrong, like the the in ring stuff, all of the wrestlers was fantastic. Like they were they were never the problem. WCPW, but I, th- I think especially initially there were a lot of issues with it. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, I really hope Defiant works out for them because there's a lot of people there with a lot of passion working on those things. Um, and a lot of money's been put into it. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I know they've got their first pay per view on Monday. And yeah, I, I really I, I do hope it really works out for them. 
I do too. The, especially the guys in, in the ring are just so. I think yeah. Not a bad on the roster. Yeah, I think that's the thing too. Is that with what you guys did before the split off into Defiant was, you guys gave such a big spotlight to British wrestling with your guys' YouTube channel, just showing a lot of people whose only exposure may have been WWE or may have been, like, Ring of Honor. So they might have not have seen a lot of these guys, like, say, um, like say Martin Kirby or, say, some of these other guys. And then you managed to get former WWE guys. You managed to have Kurt Angle be in his final match in the UK, which was incredible, against Joe Hendry. I mean, you guys put such a big spotlight for British wrestling. I, I don't see a reason why Defiant can't knock their shows out of the park because you guys you guys set the stage for the audience uh, to see British wrestling, and I think it's incredibly popular because of because of you guys, in my opinion. I think, I think you know, too. It, it wasn't our choice to do the WCDW stuff. The, um, the, the praise there should go to our former bosses. It was their call. It was their business decision, and it's, uh, it's, it's one that I, I think now they've got uh, a bit of a battle on their hands. Because certainly the hype around WCPW, uh, it's long gone. Um, and that's just because, you know, hype dies out is the main one. But fairly inconsistent booking, which isn't always their fault, in fairness. Uh, it's re- really difficult to book guys uh, month after month and get them involved in storylines. That's difficult. And you have people pulling out on last minutes and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think that they're going, um, they're taking the right steps in getting more local talent, well, local to, to Britain, British talent, uh, guys who are going to be around for the foreseeable future because you can't build a company around Alberto Albatron coming in once every two months. <laughs> oh, yeah, very uh, I, I think I think they're doing the right thing. I agree. And, uh, I, you know, you, you talked about how it was, you know, it was what culture's, like, whole decision to, like, do the wrestling uh, company, So uh, which I didn't know. And uh, I'm curious, you know, what, what was your thought and, like, the, the rest of the guys' thoughts when they said, like, we're going, we're making a wrestling company? Like, because I know for a fact I'd be like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one, you know, like, our, our audience is so WWE-centric. You know, a portion of them certainly watch uh, New Japan. And then maybe 10% of them watch other independents, if that. Uh, I think it was a weird crossover of audiences, and I thought that from the beginning. Because you just can't compete with WWE on their their big feel, their production value, the theater. Um, the You know, WWE just feels huge. And wrestling fans, especially the wrestling fans that watch our channel, the majority of them have been conditioned to look at that as what wrestling is. And that cost a huge amount of money. And so it was a confusing one when they, they, they said that they were going to start it. It was really exciting. You know, I, I got to do loads and loads of cool stuff, bucket list stuff, like getting put through a table by uh, Bully Ray and all that sort of stuff. Amazing, like the opportunities that that afforded me. Um, I'm, I, I don't know if it was ever the right thing to do. I, I, I think like if, if they get it to TV, then fantastic. And I think that they've got enough talent, uh, certainly in the ring and behind the scenes, to make that happen and to make it a success if it does get to TV. I just think that getting that to TV is harder. Uh, it's easier said than done. Well, yeah, for sure. Because like you look at look at companies like you know Ring of Honor 
and you wonder like how do they not have a bigger TV deal than they than they do? Like I know I was channels flipping and saw them on like a local com- like te- like television network, and I was like Ring of Honor, like because I I thought they were only on like the Fight app. So you see these companies that have been around longer than you know Defiant is, and you and you think God, how are they not? How do they not have a TV deal? Because you get marks like me who I would rather watch a Ring of Honor house show any day than you know tune into some you know some WWE cards, you know, it's like the, yep. the, 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 the matches and the work that these indie shows put in is like, just so like, just undeniably, like you have, you, there's no comparison, you know, these wrestlers, they want to be where WWE is at and they work their asses yep. off. And it's, it's, it's almost alarming that some of these companies just, you know, unless you have the platform that, you know, what culture provided, like you won't get recognized. Like I know until WCPW started, I had no idea who Joe Hendry was. And now, like I, I, I sing local he, local hero about probably probably once a week because it's just so damn catchy. And so it's one of those things where it's like you know it's I definitely no, I, definitely I, I agree. I, I think as I say, the the in ring product, uh, the the stuff that happened between the ropes was never an issue with WCPW. All of the talent worked their asses off, uh, and they they were great. And the, the matches like from start to finish have always been really, really strong, but I think the inconsistent booking did harm it. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I, you know, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to get a access to fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing too, is that, yeah, I, that's the thing too, is that when you <clears throat> introduce these talent um, to, a, to an audience and let's say if someone latches onto someone like Joe Hendry and then they, they immediately go down the they go they go down the rabbit hole and search for other Joe Hendry stuff and you can see like his his blue Eiffel sixty five cover he did for ICW and sure. um like when he faced off against Drew Galloway or Drew McIntyre and then you find companies like ICW and then you you just start diving down a hole of just independent pro wrestling and then you just never see outside light again because your life is professional wrestling now. Totally, totally. I, I think one thing that What Culture did tremendously well was making um, British wrestling accessible to a lot of people. Um, uh, and even like when they started charging for pay-per-views, it was always a really ridiculously reasonable price. Uh, something that was actually competitive with the WWE Network at nine ninety-nine, like What Culture Extra, was was cheap. It was six ninety-nine. I think they did a really good job of doing that, and I think they'll. That I think they've got the right price point with access to client, and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be really interested to see how it goes. I wish I could go to the show. Oh yeah, and yeah, uh, you and even even if it even if it doesn't go as well as they hope, I mean, you guys provided such incredible memories for people who tuned into WCPW. Your heel turn, where that, like hundreds of people toss glow sticks at you after you right, turned really on fun. Martin Kirby. That was one of the highlights of watching that. That was such an incredible moment that I, I loved. I loved doing the heel GM stuff. Yeah, uh, I wish it had gone on a little bit longer. Like the original plan was for me and Kirby to have a match. Oh man! Got, oh my god! I, I'd have loved to. Have done it. I'd have really loved to. And I think they uh, they rushed it because it was um for for the most part. I, it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but I think it was a really big storyline for. Most of the fans watching it, it certainly felt like, like one of the biggest storylines, like before the Prestige came about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we could have got a little bit more out of that. Like we we wrote me off on a the, the weekly show for free, and it's like I think people at that point would have probably paid to see me get beaten up. Mm-hmm. It was probably the wrong call, and I would have liked to, you know, I'd have loved to have done that with, with 
Kirby. I love Kirby. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 I feel like that you would be one of the best targets. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make a huge call or anything like that. But I feel like you would be a great call for Kirby to finally hit his Zoidberg elbow because that would have been a, a moment. I think that's, I feel like... that's possibly what would have happened. It, it, it felt weird to me, you know, that match. I, I loved that uh, that Rumble match. I think it was really good. I love a Rumble match anyway. But um, it felt weird for Kirby to both hit the elbow and win the title on the same night. I think they could have got two moments out of that. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a thing that you could um, you could say you could have booked better. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think so as well. Um, but you know, they were put into a difficult position with the departure of Drew, um, and you know that that problem, like half of the stuff that has had to happen, uh, it, it's always been as I see it because it's had to happen. Like Drew leaving made it really, really difficult to book because we had stuff planned for Drew, and there's been lots and lots of things like that where guys have been unavailable for shows, and so I do, I do feel for the the what culture guys having to book stuff which. You, you never know who's going to be around the next month. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, one of the big things, too, was that, like, a good amount of talent, like, during WWE's UK UK tournament, like, all of a sudden, you had a good amount of UK t- talent, including guys um, just, like, Pete Dunne, like, all of a sudden doing stuff for WWE, and now they're not available for you. So, like, anything that you had planned for them to do with WCPW has to be thrown out the window because they've got this huge commitment that they have to make. So I, I, I don't envy they, they, I don't envy that. They, they seemingly never had any plans for Pete Dunne, which is bizarre. Seriously? Well, it seems... Pete, no, no, it wasn't like that. It's just like he came in, he was introduced by Eric Bischoff, and then like immediately lost. It was just bizarre. Like the whole thing, I think maybe they knew he wasn't going to be around for that long, so like don't put him over too much. But like... Well, it seems like WWE has got on that same kind of bout. Like, oh... Loses loses to Enzo Amore and or no he beat Enzo. No, my beat bad. Enzo, my, yeah, yeah no. but I don't know. I feel like Pete Dunne could be could be like a main event player for them. They play his music oh. and then Kurt Angle comes like, out instead. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm, I, look, I'm here. I'm here to introduce his name's on the Titantron. Like we know who's here. Just get out of the way, Kurt. No, no yeah. I agree. Well, obviously, I think they've got big plans for him considering his closeness to Triple H. It seems to be uh, he'll he'll be fine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's ta- he's so talented and so yeah. just just an incredible heel that th- you can do so much yeah. with. I think yeah. if uh, if they end up being able to keep Neville, I think a Neville versus Pete Dunne UK match at Mania would be incredible. Oh, 100%, yeah. Cuz I feel like because not a lot of because I feel like other than the people who watched the UK tournament and saw that and occasionally watch NXT where they show the title, not a lot of people really know that title exists. Mm-hmm. So to put that title on Mania, because I feel like you have enough areas where that title could fit in for a match at Mania, something like Neville and Pete Dunne, given enough time, could be an incredible match that could tear the roof off the place. It could. I don't, I don't think they view the UK belt as big enough to do it. Personally. I don't think so either. I just I wish they would. I really hope they do, but I don't think they will. No, yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think that's all we got right now. So, I mean... Thank you sincerely, no, Adam, so much for coming on to this oh, little podcast. Really... Cool. Uh, I, will, uh, I will speak to you guys soon. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Absolutely, for sure. Make sure man. you go and uh, subscribe to the Cultaholics uh, YouTube channel if you haven't already. Yep. And uh, Follow them on Twitter. Support them on Patreon. Check out their website. Just Check out We Are Defiant tomorrow live. I don't know if it's tomorrow. I don't know when this is airing. 
Yeah, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna air. Uh, we're hoping it, we're hoping to get it to air on Monday. So hopefully, yeah, tonight, tonight guys, check yeah. it out. There you go. Yeah, tune in tonight. Yes, and follow Adam Pacitti, follow Ross, follow Jack, follow Sam. Just support these guys because these guys are truly incredible. They're super talented. They're super funny, and I cannot thank Adam enough for being on our little podcast. And Adam, before you go, I also want to thank you because this was like easily the 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 biggest and most fun that I, interview that I've had in like since I've oh, started no, doing cool. podcasts. Sorry, I kept you waiting for an hour and a half. Oh, you're fine, you dude. And a half. dude. We'd wait two hours, but yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into this incredibly special edition of Ringmasters. I have been Austin. I and my friend Chad here. Yep, and you can follow me at Twitter at the Chad 100. You can follow me on Twitter at szoomer4 and follow Ringmasters at Ringmasters Pod. And, and again, subscribe to the new YouTube yeah, channel. Subscribe to the new YouTube channel, which will be up and running very soon. So, yeah, we will catch you guys later. You love it.